0: Movies and booze On on Moncrief Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range Lidl More for you We're the stunning. When I was younger, my heart had a hunger for feelings of every kind. Down through the years, I shed hardly a tear. Was it just I hadn't the time? A world full of sorrow holds pain for tomorrow. future don't look very bright. Down through the ages we're tearing the pages. There's more of the books still to write. All these years I never asked why. All the tears I never could cry. You don't miss the water till the well runs dry. And you've nothing left to show. So heads up in a teacup that night. Took pains to explain what I found on my way and the things I left way behind. A world full of sorrows, pain for tomorrow. The future don't look very bright. Down through the ages we're tearing All the tears I never could cry You don't miss the water till the well runs dry And you've nothing left to show So heads are gonna roll Left it show, so heads are gone.
1: Five three one zero oh six is our text number That will cost you 30 cents. Afternoon at newstalk.com is our email address so you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. That was, of course, the stunning uh, Galway's Finest. Uh, thanks very much, lads. Now, a few... Before uh, I forget, uh, a few gigs are going to be playing. They're going to be at the Ballyshannon Folk Festival in August, uh, the Castle in Marquis August the 10th, uh, the Playing Fields Festival in Clane in August 24th, uh, Listing a Matchmaking Festival uh, at the end of August and in Semple Stadium in Thurless, on September the 20th. They're also going to be playing uh, Bulmers Live on July the 11th, and we're going to give away four tickets to that. Uh, you get a food voucher as well, a tote bet, and of course you go to the racing uh, and the concert as well. Um, also, other bands playing there. Uh, on June the 13th, Coolio is playing. I got a little aroused when I read that. Uh, and the Bay City Rollers, which might have the opposite effect, one would have thought, <laughs> given the state of them. Uh, leopardstown.com. Now, we're going to give uh, we're going to give away, just on the basis of any text, any listener or anyone in the audience might send in, about the stunning. Steve Wall, with his fabulous cheekbones, is going to be playing a famous musician in a film, I'm told, in the not-too-distant future. If somebody knew the answer to that, that would be a good one as well. Steve is very plenum, I'm not talking about him, but I am. <laughs> uh, right, we are in Clontarf uh, Castle uh, today uh, with, a, with a full room, I'm delighted to say. It is a 12th century uh, castle. It is an actual castle that they've obviously put in a bit of double glazing and Wi-Fi uh, <laughs> si- since then. And we've got prizes for that as well. Again, that's based on the best text people send in. Uh, for listeners, we're going to give away an overnight stay uh, with dinner on the night of their choice in the award-winning Fahrenheit restaurant. Uh, also, it was out for a member of the audience, we're going to give uh, two vouchers for a Fusion Tea experience for two people. Uh, and Fusion is a, apparently a sort of tea that they do here that's unique to them. They also make their own Pale ale here as well. I'm pleased to say. Esther and Jean are with us up on the stage. Good afternoon hello, to you both. Hello, hello. Are you? And uh, now um, the three films: two good, one terrible.
2: Uh, one midland, one great, one terrible. I'd okay, say. all right. Yeah, uh, yeah we've got. Let's ex- see. Can we guess which one is which? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got X Men out this week. Uh, X Men: Dark Phoenix, a series I was kind of always on board of, on board with actually, especially their period set films. There was one really cool one was was it First Class which was set in the 60s Mm. Um, and they've always been quite stylish productions but they've really been troubled I suppose in the last few films in terms of where you're going with these characters who are great characters because they're mutants which is always cool and um, I always felt as well they were a little just... Just a little bit more edgy, maybe, than a lot of the mainstream um, superhero characters that we get, you know, and a little tormented, and Mm -hmm. there's always potential to bring them places with stories, and you know, some of them, even Xavier, um, who's played by James McAvoy, who's kind of top X-Man, he can be kind of a bit of a morally dubious character at times, so I think there's always loads of potential within that series, but this one fails miserably. It's just so bad. (laughs) Uh, Your woman from Game of Thrones is in it, though. She is, and she's good in it. Uh, Sophie Turner, uh, you know, other than not reading the script, she's actually really, really good. You know, she puts in a good performance. And she has a lot of work to do um, because she is this character, Dark Phoenix, who goes to, I love this time of year, because you just have to, like, say preposterous plot lines as though they're completely normal. So the X-Men are all up in outer space trying to save the space shuttle, Which has been uh, hit by some warp speed thing that has caused it to spin. Mm. And while Dark Phoenix is up there, she gets nuked with this uh, same thing. She kind of ingests, it's like airplane food, you know, and then it has a
1: terrible effect upon her. And it gives her, yeah, yeah, it gives her superpowers
2: (laughs) that she can't harness, Sean, and she's very conflicted about that. So the the whole. um, So it's like explosive diarrhea, basically, but in a a kind of a psychic sense. Well, you can lift buses with it as well. Yeah, yeah. Well,. well,
1: There's been nights, uh, I must say. <laughs> uh, uh, now, uh, um, the, uh, the, one of the other films is very interesting in that it's technically an Irish film, Irish director, or Irish producers. But if you watched it, you'd say this is an American film.
2: Yes, uh, and, and that's what I kind of love about where, where Irish movies are going at the moment because we're a small country. So if you want a good budget and a good funding model, it's not realistic, really. You know, we're not Germany where you have a massive. Um, TV station or in the UK, where you have, you know, Channel Four films or things like that. So it can be hard for even for small budget films to get a budget together. So what a lot of um, countries are doing now is, or a lot of filmmakers are doing now is either co-producing uh, with other countries, and there's a heap of um, co-productions with Belgium and the Netherlands, places like that coming up, or they're shooting little films in other countries with Irish with an American crew in this case, or uh, an, uh, an American cast in this case, but mostly an Irish crew. And it's a filmmaker by the name of John Butler, who made The Stag, you might remember, a few years back, and a lovely film a couple of years ago called Handsome Devil, uh, and has always been really good at male friendships and kind of fish-out-of-water, kind of oddball friendships. And he's gone off to L.A. to make this one. And if you didn't know, like, if you just randomly watched it, you'd think it was an American film, but... Like the cast and crew on this, are, and the director, writer, are, are mostly Irish, and it's also funded by the Irish Film Board. And an Irish production company, Treasure Entertainment, who made a film in Cuba last year, in Spanish, called Viva. Um, and that was an Irish production oh, as well. Yeah, so yeah. you know, That was Marco Halloran. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it's really kind of an interesting time to see where Irish film travels. You know, it's you, you don't have to tick certain boxes anymore. You don't have to have a, a horse running down the street for it to be an Irish film or, or anything like that, you know. Yes. Not that that's necessarily <laughs> bad thing that's sometimes. Necessary, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Late Night is... Yeah, Late Night is getting is, good reviews. but uh, well, I was kind of iffy about it, to yeah. Be honest. Yeah. I wanted to like it. It's written by Mindy Kaling. Um, and starring her as well and I think she's a really interesting new voice kind of cinema in terms of uh, and comedy in terms of kind of diversity and stuff and she, and I love Emma Thompson and Emma Thompson's kind of been the devil wears Prada here she's um, the host of uh, a late night talk show and she's a bit of a wagon so I was kind of on board for it but it was just a little bit too earnest for me and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that yeah. about why I suppose
1: yeah uh, uh, Helen says, I met the Stunning in Golden Discs in Eglinton Street in Galway for the release of the single Got to Get Away. I was delighted. Happy memories and well done to the Stunning Galway's best band. No wonder, is that a controversial uh, thing in-, in Galway to say they're the best band? Uh, somebody else wants to know, uh, can you ask the Stunning if they remember doing a gig in Skoll Rush School in Galway back in the 80s? They came to my school for a charity gig and our class wasn't allowed go. Only fifth and sixth classes, says Ifra. <laughs> They were just telling me about that beforehand. They always regret that day. (laughs) It was a a tragic thing. Uh, So what wines are we going to be talking about today?
3: We're, We're going a bit all over the world today. We're starting in France, and we've got a Sauvignon Blanc from the south of France, um, from the region of Languedoc, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's you know it's a kind of it's a very exciting area and, and very up and coming. We have an Argentinian Malbec, which is absolutely gorgeous, and th- that's one of the easiest wines to sell on the Irish market at the moment. That's really one of the wines of the of the moment. And then, do you remember a couple of weeks ago we had the woman who wanted to only serve Barolo at her wedding? Mm. Well, we get to try Barolo now. It'll be interesting to see what you all think about so that. Nobody goes to a wedding uh, <laughs> um, uh, now. Of course,
1: as usual, we have a hashtag. Uh, Ivan Corliss in the house. Ivan, what is it today? It's pessimistic movies, Sean. Uh, wh- why did you come up with that one?
0: Um Because we learned something this week, that Chag-
1: Chagas have a report called Death and Pessimism right. from so, Murray Lavery. Right, um, okay. So yes, it's, it's not the, uh, usually it's jolly farmers and how happy they are and everything's fantastic. But no, but pessimistic Pessimistic movies is, is what we're going to go with. Right, let's move on to our, our first Uh, Wine of the day, Jean.
3: Right. uh, The first one, I'm going to go back to the 1970s to start this story. Um, There was... You remember we had Butter Mountains, and we actually had a wine lake in those Mm. days as well. And basically the farmers were being paid, were being subsidised to... uh, grow stuff that nobody ate or drank it just was all warehoused in a big warehouse and eventually the EU said well this is a bit silly we better do something about this so um, they actually changed the wine laws back then to allow uh, the farmers to grow grapes that weren't indigenous to the area Now, this were in this is all over France and um, the category of wine that was started is what we became known as um, vin du pays which basically means country wine from a specified area so in other words you could grow Chardonnay which is native to Burgundy down in the south of France, but you couldn't call it an Appalachian wine. You could call it an a, 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 um, a van du pays and you know, you could grow um Sauvignon, which is native to the Loire in the south of France, which is actually what this wine happens to be. and um, you call it a van du pays. so it, it and sometimes van du pays wines, the quality of them were so good that they were commanding higher prices than the actual uh, um, Appalachian wines. So it it meant that the winemakers could experiment, and it's become the source of great quality wine, particularly from the Languedoc region, Languedoc-Roussillon, which is Mediterranean France, um, down in the south. Now, this particular wine, and all the wines we have today, are exclusive to Lidl, and they're part of what they call their core range. In other words, they're on the shelves all year round. This is the 2018 Chevalier de Fauvert, it's an IPR. Now, they've changed the, the, the name from Van de Payee to, and I'll never be able to pronounce it properly, but I'll give it a try, Indication Geographic protege. Okay.
2: IPR is easier, right? Yeah, it just so it Basically, it, it means
3: quality wine from... Um, a specified area. Now, this is Sauvignon Blanc, and everybody loves Sauvignon. It's very much the grape of the moment. It has a very distinctive aroma. It's a thing called the thiol character of Sauvignon Blanc, which really basically smells like tomato leaf or gooseberry, and sometimes can smell a bit grassy. Um, This doesn't have a lot of thiol. You'll find that more in in the New Zealand Sauvignons, but you're certainly, if you stick your nose in there, you're getting actually quite nice ripe tropical fruit and that, again we're down in the south of france so the climate is very warm uh, down here but one of the characteristics of the sauvignon grape is this wonderful acidity and that's what makes people absolutely love it no matter where in the world it's grown the grape is naturally acidic so it has this gorgeous acidity i'm going to take a little sip of it now and you're getting the acidity on the side of your tongue and you, you start to salivate a bit. it's like biting into a granny mm. smith apple a lovely wine. Now this is seven twenty nine. It's available in Needles, one hundred and sixty stores nationwide, Crikey. and it's lovely. A lovely fresh. If you're having a summer barbecue, although I don't think anybody's going to be barbecuing this weekend, but there, no. I've said it. The B word is going to pour rain for the weekend. But that is a lovely. If you if you're having friends over for lunch, have that with a nice bit of risotto and maybe mushroom risotto, and you'll be away in a hack.
1: Uh, somebody Geraldine uh, wants to know where can you get good Corbiere Valley wine e.g. Lagrasse area in Ireland had it in France well in the southwest last year beautiful race. it is
3: Corbiere and it's Grenache based it's a blend there's um, Grenache Sanso, um Mouvelle in there there are lots of Corbiere wines um, Lidl I know have them um, in fact most supermarkets most wine Corbiere is a very very popular appellation southern French appellation and it is very very widely available in Ireland
1: all right, so they should have no difficulty You'll have getting
3: that one. you have no difficulty then. getting that one, yeah. Uh,
1: we were at a party and the host pushed the corks into the bottle rather than use a bottle opener. I thought he misplaced the opener, but he did it for every bottle. Is that not really odd behaviour? Yes. Is that an acceptable method of opening it's... wine? I was dumbfounded, says Rachel.
3: It's really weird. I've never seen anybody do that. Well, I've no idea what, but but you know what's going to happen. The cork is going to get stuck in the neck of the bottle, and pouring the wine out of the bottle is going to become very problematic. So it just doesn't kind of make any sense. Well, to there me. is a knack
1: to it. You have to kind of hold the. the oh, you, you, push, you, you, you oh, you, you know this. Yeah, well, it probably may, it could have been this fella. This is <laughs> this is how he grew up. You know, this was him. Brings him <laughs> back to his student days.
3: Ah, yeah. Cheers. <laughs>
1: uh, working as a student in a small cafe in Galway twenty years ago, had a major crush on Steve Wall. Was playing their album when he walked in i nearly died i turned red and changed the track to the beautiful south (laughs) i don't see how that's going to win you the prize really uh lorna uh, is just speculating about the 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 plot of the x-men movie Uh, girl is an outcast girl discovers powers girl doesn't know what to do with powers girl is conflicted girl starts a fight girl loses fight and sees the errors of her ways is that the movie in a nutshell
2: i'll just go home now yeah you might as well
1: Uh, Right, uh, we're going to take a break, find out about that particular movie after this break. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. We are coming to you today from Clontarf Castle Hotel with thanks to our friends in uh, Lidl. Uh, Esther and Jean are with us up on the stage. We've already uh, uh, had uh, one very nice uh, uh, self Blanc, and uh, we've heard the Stunning play. And uh, we are giving away tickets to uh, the Stunning uh, are performing at Leopardstown. Now, I did say that Steve Wall is actually going to be appearing in a film as a a musician. Uh, People are guessing as to who it might be. Uh, (laughs) Is he playing Bob Dylan in a movie? Uh, Somebody thinks it might be Luke Kelly or Ronnie Wood. Uh, Best one so far, Lionel (laughs) Richie. It's a natural, really. Uh, I, went, I went to see Rocket Man uh, last week and absolutely loved it. Taryn Egerton is an incredible Elton. It made me want to try Bohemian Rhapsody too. Will I like it if I like Rocket Man? I heard it was the same director. Was it the same director?
2: Uh, it's the, yeah, it was. Well, uh, Brian Singer was directing um, Bohemian Rhapsody, but he got me too'd, so he had to walk away from that project. Um, and the director who took over whose name escapes me now, is the same director um, who who made Rocketman. Thank you, Steve (laughs) Wall. Dexter (laughs) Fletcher. Um, Just because you're in one film, you don't know about them all. (laughs) <laughs> we might have an encyclopedia over here, you never know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he he, yeah, he did direct at least at least one and a half of the two of them, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And is the in
1: you know in the way that that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody ends with basically a concert movie for twenty Fantastic. minutes? Fantastic. Yeah. Is there is there anything similar in the Elton John film?
2: Yeah. That, well, it's a rock musical, so it it mm. takes all of the best known songs we know and love from Elton John's career and kind of punctuates his whole life story with them. It's really brilliantly done. I'd see it ending up on the stage. Um, I I actually came out of the film wondering had it been an adaptation of a, you know, one of those big stage productions I could see in Bored Gosh Energy Theatre. It has that kind of feel to it, but it's very cinematic now as well. But I definitely see it um, ending up having a life on stage and it's a super film.
1: Uh, Right. uh, uh, I'm looking for a nice dessert wine uh, to give as a gift. I've no idea what I should be looking out uh, for with it. Is it a case of the sweeter the better?
3: Uh, not really Um, uh, sweet wines are are wines where they're they're harvested late so that's the optimum amount of sugar and most of them get um, infected by uh, botrytis which is a noble rot which is actually of benefit which causes the grape skins to shrink a little and that concentrates the juice so that when you ferment it, when you add the yeast there's still residual there's so much sugar in it, the yeast can't kill it all and it naturally leaves some of the sweetness there now there isn't a huge market for sweet wines in Ireland. I mean, the most famous appellation would be Sauternes or Barsac, which are from Bordeaux. You do get some very good quality um, New World. Um, Brown Brothers, I remember, had a lovely one called Muscat and Floral, but I don't know if that's still available in Ireland. Um, your best bet is to go to uh, a, an off-license, an independent off-license, because they'll tend to have it, and you can buy them in small bottles. They'll have them in 37.5 CL, and they usually cost about 12 to 15 euros. Um, beautiful with blue cheese. Actually, I love a um, uh, sweet wine with blue cheese. Austria. I w- I'm just back from Austria. I was there uh, last week, and we had, in, we were in Neusiedlersee, which is um, down to the, towards the south of Austria, and we had some of the most beautiful. Um, Schleser and, beer now, Schlese, and um, ice wines, and we had them with blue cheese and pate, and they were absolutely gorgeous. So mm. dr- yeah, have a look and see if you can get some Austrian wines. But again, um, somewhere like Mitchell & Sons, will will we'll have them there in, in, in Dublin, um, and or Bradley's in Cork, or Fine Wines in Limerick. Uh, whatever about pushing
1: the cork into the bottle, I'm seeing all these videos of people opening wine with swords. What's going on? Where are all these people getting the swords with uh, with which to slice off the top of a wine bottle? Does oh, Jean then, do this yeah, kind of thing on the right? That's rig?
3: called sabrage, and I've done it. Yes, I've never done it. I'd be too scared. It's basically slicing that, but but it's 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 you have to. It's all about how fast you are and yeah. there is an absolute it's the angle it's the angle, and the the angle yeah. of
1: slice through it, Like because I've done it twice the first time that I just exploded the bottle but if right. you do it right then you just feel yeah. like the coolest I, I, person I, on earth. I've
3: never felt the inclination myself so but yes that's what it is and usually it's used in champagne and um, you know but uh, like uh, uh, yeah it's, it's a yeah, party trick it's in trick. South Africa with a kind yeah. of scimitar type job <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, as you did it with
3: it's a kind of a party trick it's, it's all the theatre of wine mm. darling you know
1: uh, I I texted my girlfriend. Uh, didn't pass her fourth driving test. She's doing her fifth today. What should I hopefully buy for a celebration later? Oh, <laughs> maybe um. I should wait.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm just back from Prosecco. I went, I was over in uh, Italy. and then, Sorry, I was over in Italy. I just came back on Thursday night. And Mazzotti, we, one of the best Proseccos I have ever tried. It's twice been voted um, the best Prosecco in the world by Decanter. And Stephen Spurrier gave it 96 points. I know you can get it in Martin's off-license and Ardkeen stores in Waterford. But that is their, their brute, their dry brute. It's about 28 euro, but oh God, it was beautiful. So, d-, celebrate with that and she'll really thank you.
1: Yeah. Uh, th- and if she's passed the test, if she's pa- uh, she yeah, will. She'll, think, she'll
3: pass yeah. it. There won't be any problem. Five yeah.
1: times, yeah, not yeah, yeah. a Yeah, yeah. Fifth is a charm. Uh, the hashtag is pessimistic movies. A lot of people are doing Schindler's shit lists. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, people are still guessing about who Steve's going to play in a film uh, Neil Diamond. Carmel wants to know is he alive or dead? Is he playing himself? No, he's not playing himself, and Steve is alive. Uh, Gavin says uh, Rocket Man will be adapted for the stage, but I think it's going to be a long, long time. Oh. <laughs> uh, we're giving away another prize today. Uh, all this week, we're giving away a stay at the Savoy, uh, which is Limerick uh, City's only five-star hotel. It's located just off O'Connell Street. You can uh, find out more about it at SavoyLimerick.com. You get two nights B&B, dinner in the grill room restaurant, and a 30-minute treatment at the Siam Savoy Spa. So you just have to answer this question. Theresa May is stepping down as Prime Minister today. What street does she live on? Or should that be what street <laughs> did she used to live on? Is it Downing Street or O'Connell Street? Text the words stay along with your name or answer where we're in the country to 53106, and we'll tell you the winner of that is at the end of the show. Right. So our first movie is X Men Dark Phoenix. Here's a clip. Because we're taking bigger, <laughs> bigger and
4: bigger risks. And for what? Please. Tell me it's not your ego.
3: Being on the cover of magazines, getting a medal from the president. You like it, don't you?
5: As opposed to being hunted and despised. Well, you know, actually I do.
3: It's all just a means
5: to an end, Raven.
3: What end is that?
5: Keeping us safe. You should understand better than anyone that we're only ever one bad day away from them starting to see us as the enemy again.
3: So what? We wear matching costumes and smile in pictures to make everyone feel safe? That's a small price
0: to pay for keeping the peace.
5: By
3: risking our people to save theirs. Yes, yes. It's funny. I can't actually remember the last time you were the one risking something. And by the way, the women are always saving the men around here. You might want to think about changing the name to ex women.
2: Yeah. I hope you see my eyes rolled. Yeah. Was, yeah. I'm just getting... I'm getting so tired of this pandering, and I mean, you know... Is the, that what it is? The X-Film yeah. in line, it's pandering to audiences, I think, and I really... I went full eye roll mode in the last Avengers film where they lined up all the female Avengers in this sort of victory thing towards the end of the film, and it was just this from a studio who it took 14 years to give us a female superhero, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I, I don't buy it. And I get, you know, Hollywood, stop pandering to audiences and fund female filmmakers and female writers. That would be a much better way of telling stories like that. Um. <laughs> 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 I, I can go okay. now. My work I can go now, done. right? Okay. <laughs> no, it's just, it is it is maddening. And, and even the remakes, you know, remaking... Um, Dirty, rotten scoundrels, and putting female characters in and and making a bad film. Like, that's doing no no service to anyone, Mm. any audience, male or female. Uh, and yeah I, that that line did appear in an early clip for the film actually and people were speculating as to whether it would get cut out because there was a bit of backlash against it but it's in there but it's interesting that's the clip that they're putting out in mm-hmm.
1: that oh this is you know maybe has a bit of feminism as uh, has a bit of character development in it but that's maybe the only bit of politics or character development in the entire movie
2: and that's cool you know but, and I want seven year old girls to watch Wonder Woman films and go I can do that when I grow up you know I do want that but uh, no if you bring I your just... seven year old to a movie you say <laughs> you
1: certainly cannot do that You'll break don't break you this at
2: home. Um, but yeah it just feels like pandering to me and I, I want to see them back it up now with um, more film, female filmmakers coming through is all, is all I think on, the, on that um, this is really disappointing and I'm, as I say I've always liked the X-Men um, I've really liked their period films in particular uh, they've given us some great characters over the years. Of course, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine being one of the best of all of those. Uh, Storm is pretty cool as well. Anyone who can take the weather and harness it to take on her enemies is, is mm. cool by my book. But this is just... It's like someone in Fox watched the last two Avengers movies and said, do you think that's you know dramatic and miserable? Hold my drink. Because this is just like <laughs> hand-wringing for, for two hours. And it's very... You know, it's 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 no fun at all, and I'm kind of going at summer lads. It's blockbuster season. You know, give us a give us a bit of humour here, um, and then at the same time, it's frustrating to watch because I can see what they were trying to do with it. Because this is quite a cerebral film. It's kind of a lot of characters are very talky in it, and it's the whole sense of this new character, Dark Phoenix, who is, of course, better known as Jean Grey from the other films and, and, and what happens to her and that she has all this energy and she's terrified by it her, herself. Very well played by Sophie Turner, I have to say. I wouldn't have um, really known her from Game of Thrones, but she's very, very appealing on screen here. Mm. These um, are
1: bit, so, these are all younger versions of the.
2: the this is the set when in the 90s, yeah. It's set in the 90s, not okay. that you'd know it again. Ah. I, and, and there weren't many nods towards that, uh, uh so that was strange because the, the one set in the 60s and the one set in the 70s was great and it was so stylish. And a lot of the plot was even fitting into the production design and stuff, it was mm. quite cool, but so th- you know? But the
1: original X Men movie, the ones with say Patrick Stewart in it, were set in the early what the only. Two thousands.
2: Yeah, I mean the timelines. Which means, pa- yeah, the timelines make no sense. Professor X aged
1: horribly then in a
2: very short yeah, period of time. Yeah, I mean it's it's it. The timelines don't make any sense, uh, and you know her her character has appeared in, in in other films, but as Jean Grey, and then she she ingests this kind of all these superpowers, but it, you know it leads to her having this power that she cannot control at all. Also, uh, as you know, if you've seen the other films. Um, there's stuff blocked off in her memory um, of a traumatic childhood that's been blocked off by Xavier, who's James McAvoy, uh, and that kind of all threatens to be unleashed as well. So it's about her kind of internal trauma and stuff like that as well. Um, so they're trying to go somewhere with it, you know, but it just really, it just really didn't do it for me. Um, she, you know, there's major things happen to major characters. Uh, and then her own family secrets, I suppose, that people, viewers will know about, regular viewers series will know about um, kind of risk being revealed as well, kind of catastrophic effects. So the whole idea was the X-Men used to be, because they were mutants, people were afraid of them. The, the world didn't think they were superheroes. The mm. world didn't think they could save them. And they've managed over the years to kind of stop that and, and get people on, you know, mere humans on side with them. But I suppose if uh, Dark Phoenix goes rogue and causes chaos, the risk is that they'll all be ostracised again and outlawed again. Uh, so that's kind of the whole idea behind it. Then you have, um, we need an alien death race, it being a summer blockbuster. So step in uh, Jessica Chastain, who plays this character by the name of Vuk, Uh, surprisingly wooden Chastain. I think she was doing Dead Behind the Eyes to try and portray evilness, but it really just portrays Dead Behind the Eyes. Um, I didn't know what she was doing there. I think it must come down to the script. She's not the only A-list actor who's found wanting here, you know. Um, And then she's kind of this leader of an alien race who wants to harness harness, um, Dark Phoenix's Superpowers for her own evil intentions. Okay, so they turned up just to get this yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're right. shapeshifters as well. So this should all be very cool stuff, you know. Okay. They can turn into yeah. different characters. So it's not only the mutants. can. They're playing the mutants at their own game. But it's just very thin. It just doesn't have any storytelling power. Um, and I can see it is a frustrating film to, to watch and it's not merely bad in that sense because you can see all the ideas being floated around here, you know. Um, and it, I suppose it was telling to me that it's directed by a guy by the name of Simon Kinberg, who wrote um, at least two of the other X Men films. So, you know, he knows story, and I could see what he was trying to do here with it. But directing's a whole different craft, mm-hmm. and he's directing here as well. And I don't think he has a lot of directorial experience. Uh, so, that's, that's an issue as well, I think. Uh, How long is this,
1: all this going to go on for, this X-Men?
2: I so. don't know. They've said it's kind of a finale, but, like, we do have... I, it feels like a bridge to me that we do have a, a new Mutants film coming up in the next couple of years, uh, which I think this is... You know, sometimes the film feels like a setup for another film. That's what this one kind of feels like. Aww. Yeah, really disappointing. And, uh, like, Jennifer Lawrence is so wooden in it as well. It's like... Oh God, I signed up to do four more after doing it once and now I have to go through this. It's just, I think any experienced actor Fassbender as well is surprisingly low key in it, you know, an actor who usually jumps Mm. off the screen with charisma is not great here at all. And I think it's probably was just known from the script stage that it wasn't there, you know. Uh,
1: Rona says, Sophie Turner is such a bland actress. She can't seem to crease her forehead.
2: I like her. She kind of got a slightly lopsided um, smile about her, which I quite like. I think she's quite endearing, and I'm sure her career will will move on from this, and then she'll do lots of great films. I'm sure everyone in Games of Thrones is uh, on the speed dial of casting agents now that the series is over.
1: Uh, I see they've cast uh, Kirsten Stewart and one of the uh, as one of the new Charlie's Angels with two other actors I don't recognise. She's a very wooden actor, high action. I can't imagine being her thing. Could they not have cast Jennifer Lawrence or something?
2: You know, I've seen a lot of... Um, she can't be in everything. I've seen a lot of criticism leveled towards Robert Pattinson as well as Christian as Stewart over the years, and particularly Pattinson this week as, as getting cast in a new Batman. And I think maybe what people don't realise is those two have... They could have just gone and made a load of rom-coms off the back of Twilight and made a load of money, but they've gone off and done really interesting, low-key... Um, unusual projects, and I think they're both very talented actors, and I think kind of credit to them for going off and doing that, like, Kirsten Stewart went off and did um, a, a film, I can't remember the name Shop. of it, Personal Shopper, Fair Play, thank you, um, with a very avant-garde French filmmaker a couple of years ago. You just down there, we got up here there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed, you know, because yeah, yeah. it didn't get a big release here, it's great, and she's great in it. Um, uh, and you know, so they've been doing lots of really interesting work, he's, he's been working with great filmmakers as well, I think he'd be a brilliant Batman actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: someone says, uh, we had our wedding reception in Clontarf Castle, where we are today, in 1986. Hurricane Charlie was the unexpected guest. We were blown in the door uh, with the wind at our backs. The staff were great and helped with the photo session as you couldn't stand still outside. It was a Theresa Mannion moment long before weather reporters had to stand out in the weather. Crikey, that's a, a hell of a memory. And uh, a, few more, uh, a few more guesses on who it is that Steve Wall is going to be playing in a movie. Uh, Finbar Fury the musical, <laughs> start eating white bread to help with the constipation. Get you into character. <laughs> that's, that's TMI, I would have thought. Uh, S- S- Cora says, Steve Wall is good looking, but he's only all right in comparison to his yummy brother, Joe. Joe was in my class in Limerick School of Art and Design in the 80s. Those girls were all very smitten. <laughs> oh, he's blushing over there. Right, we do have to take a break. Another movie after this.
5: Never been a better you Never been a better me Shadows kept in exile Lock them in a history Put your famine into flight Shed your shame, my color sore? Speaking in magic tongues Make love in reruns Crashing waves upon your shore evermore Young was painting dreams like rainbow showers, embracing possibilities, soul to soul, ivory towers, ivory towers. Neighbors whisper venom in old museums. You kiss me, it lingers. We're tearing down broken regimes. They tear at the seams. On the cusp of riding waves, far from bombs and orange men, I show you my fragility, you vulnerable comedian. So tangle with me in the dark, shed your shame while letting go, lay with me on sand dunes. Skin on the skin and pale moonlight Young was painting dreams like rainbow showers Embracing possibilities soul to soul Ivory towers Ivory towers Neighbors whisper venom and old museums You kiss me lingers We're tearing down broken regimes they tear at the seas. There's never been a better you. Never been a better me. Shadows kept in exile. Lock them in a history. Put your famine into flight. Shed your shame, my color soul. Speaking in magic tongues, make love in reruns, crashing waves upon your shore, evermore, evermore, evermore.
1: That's uh, Jack O'Rourke there uh, singing Ivory Towers from the EP of the same name. You can catch Jack at Lost Lane in Dublin tonight as part of uh, an event called Six Troubadours. He'll also be playing at a, an electric picnic uh, at the end of August, and he'll be in the Kaleidoscope Festival on June 28th uh, to the 30th of June, and we'll be hearing from Jack again later on in the show. Thanks a million, uh, Jack, for that. Uh, Ruth is in the audience. Ruth says she was married in the, in the, in, here in Clontarf Castle 40 years ago in October. Where's Ruth? There. Well done, Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. Where is she? Oh, there you are. there. Yeah. I, I, they were all pointing at other people. I didn't know who they were pointing <laughs> at. Maybe there's a few people here who were married in Clontarf Castle 40 years ago. Was it a good day? Good. Glad to hear that. Uh, what's the best type of wine? This is a very specific question now, Gene. This is at the other end of uh, your experience, Ruth, I think. Uh, what's the best type of wine to bring to a night where there will be a lot of deep and heavy bitching, going to town on an ex, ripping apart his every being and building up a girl to get back out there to start dating again? We may even engage in a little barbecuing of said ex's
3: belongings. You know, your typical Friday night. Oh, that's, that has Prosecco written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Prosecco night, and it's Massotino is the name of, I, I got the name wrong, it's Massotino's is the name of the, the winery I visited. Uh, but no, 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 you, uh, lots of Prosecco will do that one, yeah, perfect.
1: Uh, somebody claims, many years ago, I spent three afternoons in a row serving pints of Guinness to Elton John in a bar in Dublin, and no one recognised him. I find that difficult to believe somehow. <laughs> Just every part of it, really. Uh, Right, we'll move on to the second uh, movie of the day we're talking about. It's called Late Night. Here's a clip.
4: I came to tell you this year is your last. What?
1: This season is your last.
4: You're cancelling the show? No, I'm cancelling you. The show is irrelevant. The ratings reflect that. Do you want to know who Jimmy Fallon had on last Tuesday when you had Doris Kearns Goodwin? Robert Downey Jr. They washed a sheepdog together.
1: I'm
2: sorry, Caroline. Should I have played Giant Connect Four with her or perhaps sung a karaoke song on the back of a tandem bicycle? It's Doris Kearns Goodwin. She's a national treasure.
4: Agreed. I only wish she'd been an Avenger instead of writing books about Abraham Lincoln. She could be an Avenger if she tried. Your ratings have been in a steady decline the past ten years. And you won't even try to appeal to a mainstream audience. The worst part is you seem proud of it as if it's beneath you to put forth any effort. It's so... English.
5: Ooh
1: being English in a public place
2: <laughs> nice bitchy script there, isn't yeah, it? yeah that kind cool. of sets up what's going on yeah here, right? it yeah. is and it's a uh, it's got lots going on this but just didn't quite do it for me but it's it's lots to recommend it and you'll see good reviews for this one to be fair um and that's Emma Thompson there of course going I'm trying to produce um high caliber brainy late night television and mm. the head of um the TV station going, we're having none of it, you know, we want uh, Johnny, Robert Downey Jr. watching Sheepdogs, and that's kind of the whole nature of entertainment and where it's going and whether, you know, she can survive, she's been doing the show for years uh, and she, she feels like it's her show, it's her baby, she doesn't feel like it's a network show and she's kind of always commandeered her team of screenwriters, so this is kind of set amongst the screenwriters, really, and um, it's a little bit of a working girl thing going on because Mindy Kaling is this kind of bright-eyed, naive um, young woman who's hired to the show because she's you know, she got a dual career as a stand-up co- comedian, and she can write jokes um, and good one-liners, but she has zero experience at television, so hmm. she really doesn't know what she's getting into here. And kind of following on from your crazed feminist rant
1: in the, in the last review... Uh, <laughs> I- <laughs> Uh, again, this is a situation where you have a female who's put it into an all-male writer's room. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, now, yeah. Is, is this a bit more realistic? As yeah, a, or because she's a written token-y? a script. Yeah. Somebody yeah. financed this. Yeah. Thank
2: you for helping me make my point there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody funded this and financed yeah. this, said there's something to this, you know. Um, and so, yeah, and it's an all-male team. They're not blatantly sexist, but she's a bit kind of a happy, huggy bunny, and she brings cupcakes on the first day, and, you know to a team of jaded um, late-night show writers that's not really going to float at all. Uh, But there's bigger stuff at stake than her own ambitions because uh, Emma Thompson's character has just been told that they're getting rid of her at the end of the season, and with her, the entire team of writers. So these are, you know, middle-aged and very successful people but who who are unlikely to have a career when the the show wraps. So she kind of doubles down on this Emma Thompson's character and... um, kind of fights back, decides I'm going to get these ratings up, I'm going to kind of play ball here, but on my own terms. And, we're, and, and she commandeers the writers who are terrified of her. They're all terrified of her. Mm. Because so very, her, her character is horrible. Horrible. And that's kind of my beef with it. There's there's nothing redeeming about her. You know, the way Meryl Streep did Mm. that so well in The Devil Wears Prada, that even though she was a delightful bitch, Mm. you still kind of run bored with her. And I kind of struggled with that here. And that surprised me because Emma Thompson's an actor I like a lot. Mm. Uh, So maybe maybe there was just something slightly off-key with the writing there. I think it was a little bit too earnest, maybe, in what it was trying to achieve um and they do the commit the commit the crime of underusing john Lisko in the film as well which is just a no no in, in my book he's her husband her long suffering husband um who she Mm, I mightn't tell you that. She's had a couple of misdemeanours earlier in her life that have not made the, the media, but they risk making the media. So all of this is going on as well. So she's kind of battling, you know. But yeah. I wanted to be on board with her. I wanted to be rooting for her, but I wasn't really. That's, that was my kind of problem with it. Okay,
1: all right. It sounds like a kind of... a. Uh hangover watch it on sky movie than yeah i mean it's gr- and and i want to
2: see Mindy Kaling do more she's a very she's really appealing on screen um and she's she, there's a lot of potential to the actual screenwriting of this i would say i'm not sure about the story but the the you, you know you heard the clip there it's a good pity script there's good writing in there and, and more from her i hope
1: okay well we'll see right that's our second movie we do have to take a break back in a couple of minutes
0: sunrise Open up the curtain Take a look Out the door We're shambling down the roadside Down to the lake When nature's waking up I didn't think that we'd be Talking all night Drinking from the neck Does you win? The beauty of the dawn makes me uptight I haven't seen it since, I don't know when Haven't seen it since, I don't know when She moves through the morning She moves on She's not there She never seems to look any older Eyes that shine crystalline and bright When she puts her head upon Feel as bold as Lancelot tonight. See the way she moves around the gravestone, stepping round the headstones with respect, calling out the rhymes of the ones who died before that time. Michael T B H Day, Michael T. Head on my shoulder, turn around, and she's not there. Turn around, and she's not there.
1: That's the stunning which she's not there. We are coming to you today from Clontoff Castle Hotel with thanks to Lidl 53106 is our text number that will cost you uh, 30 cent. Uh, Esther and Gina with us uh, on the stage. Uh, The top trend in Ireland is pessimistic movies. Once were warriors, now insurance salesmen. And a small bit of breaking news. President Donald Trump is boarding Air Force One at Shannon Airport to depart for Washington. Yes, not a dry eye in the house. Uh, Can you ask the wine expert where I can get Clos Fantine Fouguer 2014? I had it in a restaurant in Galway a while back, but can't find it in the shops.
3: Yeah, you see, uh, what actually happens is there are wines that are sold exclusively to restaurants, and they're very, very difficult to find in shops, because obviously, uh, the selling point that the restaurants have is that uh, their wine list is exclusive, and you can't buy them in retail, so it's probably very unlikely you're going yeah. to be able to find it. Um, I'm not sure what the wine is, what region it's from. If you want to tell, you know, you send us back in another message um, where it's from, I'll see if I can recommend a, a sort of a look-alike that you might be able to get in the shops. Uh, Dan says, so great to hear a female critic, that's you, Esther, uh, uh,
1: describing the gender-based pandering in superhero movies as pandering. As a man, I always thought it was, but I didn't know if it was my own inbuilt sexism. I note the round of applause from the audience there too, uh, says Dan. "The very right on, this audience we have today. It's pretty <laughs> north of that. are uh, in Dublin says, using the sword on champagne corks uh, stems from the time before corks were waxed. When invading Russia in winter, Napoleon's army found that the corks were getting frozen in the bottle, so the use of the sabre to knock the top off the bottle became a thing.
3: I didn't know that. That's very good. Uh,
1: Early birthday drinks with my little sister today at Clontarf Castle. I'm loving the Lidl wine so far. We'll definitely be trying more in the future. Could you recommend a special red wine? One to enjoy on my actual birthday.
3: Sue wants to know. Um, well, it depends, Sue. On what? Uh, Where's Sue in the in the audience? Where where, where is she? So, what sort of, What style? Like, what do you like? Full bodied? Awesome. Um, or, or do you prefer a lighter style um, of wine? Full body. Well, the yeah. Malbec we have coming up is definitely going. One, and Malbec is very popular. We also have a Barolo. Now, that, that's a big wine. That's they call it the, the the king of wines and the wine of kings. It's a very full bodied It's probably a bit sort of out there. But uh, have a look at the Malbec. The next wine we're going to try and okay. see what you what you think. Um, if you like full bodied, it's always, uh, Cabernet based wines are always pretty good and you get those. You know, Cabernet is quite a late har- ripening grape, so it tends to have a lot of tannin, so it tends to have more structure to it. So anything with Cabernet Sauvignon is also worth having a look at as well.
2: Lovely. Thanks very
3: much. Thank you. Uh, and when you said full-bodied, was that just because it was the first
1: thing that came into your head? Or no, I do I, like it. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> uh, they, uh, f- uh, we are giving away tickets as well to see uh, The Stunning uh, at Down. Uh, Tom says, uh, I used to play Brewing Up a Storm on my old guitar at house parties in college in the 90s. I didn't have the guts to chat up girls, but that song is the only reason I managed to impress and meet my dear late wife. Oh, oh wow. Uh, a makeshift tray, 21 Irish coffees collapsing, remnants salvaged into a pint glass, brewing up a storm, bellowing in the background, stunning memories of a thrown-together Christmas dinner in a student house, uh, uh, says Linda. Uh, the Grania says, my mam and dad, Michael and Maeve uh, Cadwell, will be married 50 years next week. They had their wedding reception at Clanton. God, it's turned into a bit of a battle who got married the longest time ago. It was such a lovely day. They had to round up some of the guests who were out front playing golf so they could start the meal. Uh, a few more guesses as well on who Steve Wall is playing in the film, and he really is. They're going to be showing us uh, the Galway Film Fly, he was telling us on July the 10th. Uh, is, is he playing Gilbert O'Sullivan? <laughs> the unsexiest musician alive. Uh, the musician that he plays in the movie is Jeff Bridges. That's complicated. Uh, Esther, I watched Glass on Monday with James McAvoy, Bruce Willis, and Samuel L. Jackson. Can you explain to me what actually happens in that movie? Because it's the most confusing, nonsensical thing I've ever watched. Like, I do not get it. Unbreakable was so good, and I enjoyed Split for the most part, but this was insane. What has happened to M. Night Shy Shy Malan? Has he completely lost his way?
2: Yes, Um, yeah, I I saw Split and I I thought it was something that rhymes with Split and I really didn't like it at all. Um, and to be honest with you, when that one came out, I I wasn't mad about, um, the uh, the Samuel L. Jackson one either when it came out first and I didn't go to see it, so I don't know (laughs) what was going on. (laughs) Yeah. It's
1: but it's, it's kind of like the characters in the first two movies exactly. all together in the last yeah, one. yeah, yeah. It's like an X-Men movie, or an Avengers movie. With, crazy, ca- with yeah. crazy characters.
2: Like, uh, what is... I, uh, Shalman, I mean, that, that film, his first film was incredible. I'm forgetting everything today. The Bruce Willis one. Yeah, I, Spoiler I dead alert. people, yeah, the Sixth yeah, Sense. Yeah. yeah, Sixth Sense. Um, what an amazing film. What a must-watch watch, must watch twice film, I think, was the, what they used on the tagline. And then just a lot of his films since then, he kind of lost me, really. The village really lost me. I thought it was a bit of a red herring at mm. the end. I didn't buy it at all. And I haven't liked m- m- most of his films since. Uh, it's kind of like he's trying
1: to replicate the, the surprise element in the first film. Yeah. Uh, and, and you really and you I mean, can't, because people are then looking for it.
2: Then, yeah, really. and I mean, if that's the kind of filmmaker he wants to be, fair play. I mean, Hitch, Hitchcock did all right with his style. You know, People, some people have a very specific style, and mm. that's cool, but... Red herrings are not the same thing though.
1: We're organising a surprise party for a friend and I've been tasked with getting the wine. I'm hoping your wine wizard can tell me some cheap wine that doesn't taste like cat. There'll be 14 of us, so we need a lot of it.
3: Well, we've just had a lovely Sauvignon which was available in Lidl at 729 and it's very, very drinkable for yeah. the white. And the Malbec is 799. So um, I would highly recommend both of those. Um, usually rule of thumb is about um, six glasses per bottle, but for most Irish parties it's four. It's a right? very small thumb.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm new to this whole wine thing and just don't understand what it means for a wine to be dry. I mean it's wet. How could
3: it be dry? <laughs> Uh, it means it means uh, it's it's to do with the level of acidity. Uh, if a wine is quite acidic, people will tend to refer to it as a dry wine. Whereas if the wine has more fruit in it, because it's from a warmer, riper climate, and you get much more, you know, the, the fruit is much more um, obvious in your mouth. Um, and or or for a wine that maybe has um, residual sugar in it, they'll call that off dry. Right. I know. Yeah, it's wet.
1: It's wet. Yeah. Uh, Jenny uh, says, I just can't get into wine as hard as I try. I don't really like the taste very much. I find them a tad too bitter and acidic. The thing is, I want to be cool and suave and have a glass of wine in my hand to have deep, meaningful conversations because that's what they do in their movies. Uh, is there an entry-level wine that I can try? I would say just give up more for us.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could try um, some of the American, like um, a, a lot of the American big brands like Blossom Hill, they're, they're made... Um, with, they deliberately leave a little bit of residual sugar in them to make the wine more palatable, and there isn't a lot of acidity. It, these aren't particularly dry wines. There's a whole range of varietals, by that mean, different grape varieties, um, uh, in the Blossom Hill range, and so, yeah, they're, they're, they could be worth a try to, to, to start off with. Uh, the
1: latest guess on who uh, Steve Wall is playing in a movie is uh, Stevie Wonder. LAUGHTER <laughs> I don't know. Will that be easy or difficult? I' not <laughs> Sure. Uh, we are giving away, as well, another prize we're giving, uh, an, a night stay at the Savoy, Limerick City's only five-star hotel. Uh, what's on offer here is two nights B&B, dinner in the grill room restaurant, and a 30-minute treatment at the Siam Savoy Spa. Uh, to be in with a chance of winning, you have to answer this question. Theresa May is giving it all up today as Prime Minister. Uh, what street does she live on until about 5 o'clock today? Is it Downing Street or O'Connell Street? Text the word stay, your name, your answer, where you are in the country, to five, three. 106 that will cost you uh, 30
3: cents. So, Jean, what's our second wine today? Now, our second wine is the Malbec. It's the 2018 Cimarosa Malbec. Um, it's uh, the, the, their own label one. Um, again, all, it's in all 160, store, 160 stores nationwide, and it's available all year round. Now, at the moment, Argentine Malbec is one of the most fashionable red grape varieties. And um, But The grape actually originates in France in a region called Cahors in southwest France where it's known as Cot. Now there's about 140 different pseudonyms for uh, the grape for uh, for the names for uh, Malbec. It's also known as Auxerrois. There's all these different names. You'll find it in Anjou, in Touraine. It's quite widely available in Bordeaux, in the satellite regions such as Borg and Bly and Entre-de-Mer. Originally, it was one of the grapes used in the blend in Bordeaux, but it kind of fell out of fashion there. Um, It found its natural home in Argentina. It was transplanted there in the 19th century. And the key to what makes Malbec from Argentina so incredible is the altitude. Um, it, the grapes, most of the grapes come from Mendoza. 90%, in fact, of all wines um, made in Argentina, are, grapes are grown in Mendoza. And there's so many different sub-regions within um, Mendoza that um, that are all based throughout the premium sites and one of the keys is 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 altitude so the higher up you go the cooler it is in, at night and the fresher the grapes so you get lovely warm sunshine during the day but if you're at um 3000 feet above sea level or you know that roughly that I, I don't know what it is in metres because I never did went metric it was still pounds <laughs> shillings pence when I was in school but anyway um so I'd say about 3000 feet it's quite cool at night and that means that the grapes retain their freshness so Malbec in France is kind of ordinary. You, there are, you, I mean, I can't just say you will get some fantastic Malbecs in France, but. The grape has become a rock star in Argentina. Now, the thing about Malbec is it's a low-acid grape. You tend to have... It has high tannins. It has plenty of tannin. And if anybody's see, we've got some wonderful food, which the Glantoff people, Castle people have. And there's some lovely asparagus wrapped in um, some sort of prosciutto ham. Now, if you try that with your Malbec, that's going to be lovely. That's if anyone has any, any, any of it left. So um, uh, Malbec will be an inky black in colour... Aromas and flavours of red plums and black currants. This is, this is lovely sooth. It's got lots of plum fruit. Um, you know, it, brilliant with meat, as I say, the little bit of prosciutto ham there. It could be lovely. Great with barbecue food. Very, very drinkable. It, it's kind of, it, it says on the label, bold and spicy. Well, this is, it's, you're getting your plum fruit. You have your tannin. You'll get that around your... The side of your mouth, around your teeth. Sorry, <laughs> choking on the wine. Here.
1: Yes, it is a big. Um, it's a big wine. It's a big wine.
3: Um, but do you like that? Yeah, yeah <laughs> good. So I mean, it is. It's it's a fabulous, and it's why seven it, ninety nine. Yeah. Why does it call it? Why do they call
1: it the King of Wines, or is it just? Oh no, like, that's Barolo. That's oh, Barolo. Well, that comes All right, next? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, because actually, uh, somebody actually, uh, te- Brendan texted in to say, any chance of a birthday shout out to my wife Christine? We're here in Cahor, parked up in the caravan with the mutts, about to head out for a walk on the beach.
3: Well, go and go. buy, get yourself some Malbec and celebrate yeah. the birthday in style. Uh, lovely
1: coincidence there. I remember seeing the stunning circa 1986 87 in Galway. They were fab. Steve had and still has a great stage presence. I had my first two pints of cider ever at that gig. Went home quite tipsy, woke a few hours later in the bath, naked with the shower <laughs> pelting down on me, dreaming of swimming. <laughs> Went to the following week gig and had three pints of cider, not telling what I did that week. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know if I want to hear that story anyway. Right, we'll take a break. Another movie to talk about after this. <laughs>
5: <immune music> <laughs> it was to stand tall. Fresh they fall one by one and Laughter turns sour In pursuit of your humdom. Tomorrow comes creeping Your boasts are struck dumb Walking full of bravado But your eyes weigh a ton Shining for you brighter than morning stars i'm shining for you light in your darkest hour when you're hopeless and hiding when you're effing and blinding i'll bring your ship home shining i'm shining for you That you're doddered, you're sunk out and bothered.
0: You long
5: for the nightlife that gave you your cue. all losing sight of what matters. Fawned over and flattered. New clothes for the emperor, blocking your view. Shining for you, brighter than morning stars. Shining for you, light in your darkest hour when you're hopeless and hiding, when you're effing and blinding. bring your ship home, shining and shining for you. Change your heart, look around you Change your heart, it will inspire you Birds flying high, you know how I feel I'm shining for you I'm a fire starter, a twisted fire starter Shining for you
1: Jack out there with uh, Shining for you, though, I think towards the end, there was a few, uh, few lines, some other songs in there. I think I heard the Corgis in there at one point, and obviously, there was a nod there as well to uh, Dr. John, uh, who uh, sadly, uh, the, well, it was announced, sadly, that uh, he died today, he was uh, in his late 70s. Right, we're gonna move on to our uh, uh, third film uh, of the day, uh, and this is the one we were talking about, the kind of Irish-American one, sort of. Yeah. Here's a clip. Right through here. There it is. Oh, yeah. LA. Es más que un día. It's, it's more than one day. It's just a little circle.
5: Sí, pero hay mucho que hacer. Mira, hay que dejar todo esto. Es, es más que un día.
1: I, I don't know what that means, but more than one day is in there, I guess.
5: It's more than one day.
1: More than one day. 2 days? No sé, pero es más que un día. It's more than one day. More one day. It's Maske one day. <laughs> right. This is it's going to cost how much? Will you take cash? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is just really lovely and special. I was lucky to see it early um, with no kind of preconceptions back in the Dublin International Film Festival in February, and it was a very, very special opening night film, I have to say. Um, I started crying about halfway into this, and I took me a while to gather myself that said it's very funny don't let that put you off but um, there's a real kind of heart at the core of all of this and as the clip suggests there that's um, Matt Bomer the the very well-known American actor with a wide body of work but the women in the audience might know him best for two masterpieces, uh, Magic Mike and Magic Mike XXL, with both right. of which he appeared in. But uh, he's done the loads of theatre as well. But I thought I'd just mention those. What yeah. um, he in... say? Theatre? <laughs> was there a pole involved in the theatre? No. Well, in this, in Magic Mike, there was. Yeah. Uh, but he's a, he's really endearing as a lead here. He's playing a, a gay character um, who, at the very beginning of the film has a bit of an on-air meltdown because he is a weatherman. You know, that kind of local TV that you get everywhere in the States? So he's one of those where, you know, the the vibe is all LA and you're on and you're chirpy all of the time. And he wears pink a lot to kind of illustrate that. But you find out very early on in the film that this is a man who is ostensibly upbeat but really, really struggling underneath that. Uh, and he has this kind of on-air meltdown, which he bursts into tears. And his bosses kind of say, you are taking leave. And he's trying to go, no, it's chronic sinusitis, I promise. I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, you know. And uh, they say, no, you need time out. Because what we discover is uh, a very long-term relationship came to an end just six months earlier. And he's been struggling to move on from that. But the last thing he wants, the last thing this person's trying to stay upbeat wants is... Time in isolation on their own to reflect. So he starts kind of trying to start doing um, DIY work in his house uh, to limited effect. And we find out it was his partner's uh, plant that was on the decking of the house. And uh, instead of painting, moving the plant, they painted around it. So there's a big circle um that's the wrong shade, which he calls a vicious circle. <laughs> <laughs> and becomes a of whole course. metaphor. Um, and he decides, he's kind of he's driving by LA and he sees all of these um Latino migrants, men, middle-aged men, kind of on the roadside looking for work. And um a couple of them say, no, you'll have to take a team of us. And this guy, um Ernesto, who's played by Alejandro Petino, says, uh, no, I'll come, I'll come and do the, the paintwork work my own. So he hasn't word of English. And in a way, it's just exactly what Sean, Matt Bomer character character needs, you know, to be able to vent and think out loud and convey Mm. all these thoughts without any judgment, really, because the character doesn't know what he's saying half the time. So um, Ernesto sees, and you can't blame him for this, he's an immigrant labourer, he sees maybe a bit of easy money. And uh, he, he realizes he has, as he's been paid as much to hang out and befriend this man, this lonely man, as much as uh, to do the actual work. So, this kind of buddy friendship. It develops between the two of them. And of course, you need a device to make all that work because otherwise you're just talking to each other in two different languages. And what we get is a subtitled Ernesto ringing up, ringing up the wife and going, guess what your man said to me today. Like, <laughs> and that just makes it really, really funny. Uh, but it's a very, very touching film as well. When you learn a bit more about this character's backstory and why he is in the position he is. It's really, really moving stuff. Uh, Kind of all about sadness and sun-drenched Los Angeles, really, Mm. that you can wear shorts and a luminous T-shirt but still have your heart broken, you know? Uh, And I think John Butler, the writer and director of this, has done a super, super job. Uh, I enjoyed um, Handsome Devil and The Stag. I think they both had their moments, and they were both successfully commercial films. But I think it's, this is a huge step up for him as a filmmaker. I think this is a, a, a much more complete film yeah. than anything he's done before. Uh, 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 very called, powerful.
1: And uh, Papi Chulo is what it's called. Who, who
2: or what is Papi Chulo? It means It's a slang term in Spanish, I think, for um, an attractive man. It used okay. to have connotations to... Um, Towards pimp, but apparently it's just become more about a um, hot guy now. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, I, I,
1: somebody else uh, wonders about uh, the Men in Black movie. I saw Chris Helmsworth on Graham Norton last week talking about Men in Black. Uh, he was acting in Ghostbusters and Funny as Thor. Has Esther seen it?
2: I haven't seen it yet. We will. I will see it very late. It's only a, a day or two before it comes out, but we'll be reviewing it next week. I've hopes for it. I've said since since I saw um, Thor Ragnarok, I said, please get somebody give um, Chris Hemsworth comedic scripts. The man is funny. Yeah. And Tessa Thompson's in it as well, smart actress who tends to pick cool roles. Um, she played Valkyrie, of course, in, in Thor as well as uh, one of the supporting female characters. So I have high hopes for it. Yeah, you'd hope so. Uh,
1: can you ask your wine expert if she could recommend an equivalent? To Ruinart, I am not know if I'm saying that right, Ruinart Champagne, it's
3: one of my favourites, but it tends to be a bit pricey. It is, Ruinart is, uh, what you know, there's uh, Ruinart, there's Krug, there's... Um... Dom Perignon, they're all in that kind of stable, uh, the premium champagne, um, you know, it, it, you're, you're paying for the quality, you know. It is a beautiful, very, very elegant uh, champagne. It's actually one that I um, like as well, but unfortunately can't afford. Um, but, uh, I mean, you could go down a, a level or two and, you know, the, 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 to a slightly cheaper. Uh, Paul Roger is very good, I love that. Um, Laurent Perrier is very good as well. Uh, Tattinger is very good. You know, there's, there's a lot of champagnes out there, but they, they, it all depends on what blend they use. I mean, if they use more Chardonnay, if they use more of the black grapes, Pinot Noir and Meunier in it. it you know, each champagne house has its own very distinctive style, and Runart tends to be a very delicate champagne. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, I, 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 like, it's the second sea yeah. principle, <laughs> really. Yeah, really
1: Right. Uh, one more guess on uh, who Steve Wall might be playing in this movie. Uh, someone says uh, they're making a new Pink Floyd biopic. He plays the actual wall. Uh, we'll take a break. One more wine after this. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. We are coming to you today from the Clontarf Castle Hotel uh, with thanks uh, to our friends uh, in Lidl. Uh, a te- one text says, can you hurry up and discuss the Barolo, please? I'm sitting in the car listening, but I have to go where there is no radio. So... So okay. we might as
3: well get on with it Well, yeah, uh, saving the best for last, definitely. Um, this is Lidl's 2014 um uh, like it's their own Barolo. Now, I I have to say we've just committed infanticide. This is still very, very young, and Barolo is kind of made to last forever and ever and ever, and this is still only a baby. Now, um, Barolo is in a region called Piedmonte uh, which is in northwest Italy and the, it, it, there's four DOCs in the area and probably the most famous is Asti Spumante so it's the same it's next door to the same region that, that gives you the lovely white sweet bubbly uh, Asti Spumante um, the region's climate is kind of rigid by Italian standards. In that the winters are very cold, uh, they get lots of snow. The summers are very warm and dry. Uh, spring and autumn are cool. Um, so, and, and most of the vineyards um, are located in, in in the Lange and Montefarano uh, hills. Now. Um, the thing about Barolo is that it's it, it's made from a grape called Nebbiolo, which produces wines that are very perfumed but have lots and I mean lots of tannin. And when you try, you really anybody who doesn't know what tannin tastes like, when you try this, you're going to certainly um, get get a, get a lesson in what tannin is. Um, the thing about Nebbiolo is that it takes a, an awful long time to mature, so you kind of have to wait. So I mean, this is 2014. It's five years old, but it could it could go another five. To you know, yeah. now it's I've had the bottle open for about an hour, and it is softening out a little bit now as the air is 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 interacting with it and causing the the wine to break down and the tannins to soften out a little bit. But um, this is um, like young Barolo can be very tannic and very full bodied. So the girl over there who was looking for the full bodied wine, I, I hope you like it. Um, you know, it's kind of, but as it gets older, you get mature, leathery, meaty um, tones coming through, Um, and this Barolo is a really famous fashionable wine, and people either love it or hate it, and once people fall in love with Barolo, it's it's theirs for life, they absolutely adore it. Now, this is only 15.99, 16 euro, like, Really great price for Barolo because the average price for um, a Barolo is in the thirty to forty price that's price bracket. So this is a very very good price for this wine style. Um, I, I really think this is this is a wine made to go with steak, um, yeah. whatever way you like your steak or your meat. It's definitely a, a food wine. So let's let's have a look now. When you smell it, you you are getting that slightly floral tone. And the color is actually quite light. It's not a very deep, dark color. But then when you try it, you get that drying feeling around your tongue and your teeth. That's your tannin, right? But there's a lot of lovely fruit underneath there. So this wine is going to go on and on and on. This is, as I say, still very, very young. You can drink it now, have it with food, it'll be fine. But I would suggest buying up a couple of bottles, putting them down, storing them on their side in a room where the ambient temperature is, if you can keep it around 8 to 10 degrees, leave it for a couple of years and come back in about five years' time, and that's going to be absolutely lovely. Uh, The fact is is uh, 15 (laughs) quid. Uh, the fact that it's
1: fifty—they're getting excited now. They're only pouring it now. And, uh, the fact that it's fifteen quid—is that because it's quite young?
3: Uh, no, it's just at Lidl. They—they—they—they've just—they have a very competitive price for their Barolo. You know. Right. So, okay. But if it was—if it was five years older, I assume it'd be more expensive. It? Um, it, I'm not sure. Um, probably is the answer, but. Um, it, it's not, you see, it, it's, at the moment, they've got a very competitive price because obviously they're producing this. This is their own label, Barolo, so they're producing it exclusively. They're obviously using some one of the big Barolo houses mm. to supply them with the wines, which they're bottling themselves. So they're able to um, p- put it out at a very competitive price. It's a beautiful wine. It yeah. really is. But as I say, it's still very, very young. It, it, it needs a bit more time.
1: Uh, we're actually sitting on a beach in Yall in Cork drinking Barolo wine loving it big shout out to us with the kids <laughs> it'll, it'll stop being funny very soon now uh is it worth getting a ferry instead of a flight to brittany this summer we're thinking of getting some wine and we're there to stock up for the year but how much can you reasonably bring back
3: um, the indicative limits give you, are quite uh generous uh there's, there's two things i've never been to a hypermarket or to one of the big warehouses in calais so i have no idea what's there but i'm reliably told uh, you can get all sorts of wine from all over the world. Um, as far as I know, the indicative of, you have to travel with the wine, and it has to come with you in your car. The only thing is you put 15 cases of wine in your car the suspension is going to be um, screaming right yes, yeah. um, so uh, but um, I, as far as I know you can bring in up to 20 cases now that's just a figure I vaguely remember I, probably somebody will tweet it and say no no it's much more or it's much less You, uh, but you can import it duty paid in other words you've bought the wine in France you've paid the French duty and you're bringing the wine from France in with you in your car and Irish customs will allow you uh, a, a to a specific amount but I I think it's in the region of 15 to 20 cases yeah Uh,
1: when is the new Lion King out I'm dying to see what they're going to do with all the live action version of it I'd say teaching the animals how to talk to each other took ages
2: (laughs) we're getting it in July Uh, July 20th is jumping out of my head so it's around around that time and I'm kind of looking forward to that we've got Beyonce on board uh, so that'll be interesting uh, that, the is Lion she doing King, a
1: voice or is she actually in it though? she
2: is uh, doing one of the lions I think but the, they would have all the big songs of course okay. so, yeah. um, that film you can't underestimate what a hit that was that actually started a period in the, the 90s when it was released of rejuvenating Disney's fortunes yeah it was, was a massive film absolutely massive yeah, yeah. yeah
1: and, but is it, it I don't know just from clips I've seen it looks like a frame by frame remake almost just with live action
2: yeah, it'll be interesting. Aladdin was a bit like that as well. Dumbo less so. We, we, we talked about Dumbo recently and how they built a lot of new story and characters into it. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with it.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I went to see Aladdin over the weekend. Can I just say what a load of tripe it was? I thought it was hackneyed, cliched, full of stereotypes. And don't get me started on Will Smith as a genie. They ruined a perfectly good movie.
2: That sounds like a text I'd send in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything no, they you said. You probably did. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, I'm off to Porto tonight. Woohoo! What should I drink and eat? Suppose, oh, Porto! Want, well, really?
3: Duro. Um, uh, Porto is the most beautiful city, and um, you, there's lots of fish. You can you get all these amazing fish. And Vino Verde is the white wine because it's produced in Minho, which is just to the north of Porto, and um, it's made from various quite white grapes: Alvarinho, um, Loureira. It's very—it's got a lightly petulance in it, and it's alcohol by volume about eight percent. But it's a beautiful, fr- fr- crisp, fresh white wine that goes perfectly with fish. But you're in Douro is red wine country, and they use the, the grapes that they used to make port with to make still wines. And the go—if uh, you can get a train up the Douro, go—it is absolutely fabulous. One of the most beautiful places in the world, and their wines are absolutely unbelievable. They don't come cheap, the Douro red wines, but by God, they are some. There's going to be some magnificent. It's all blend. Torriga Nacional, Torriga Franca, Tinta Rorish, you're in for a treat, and and they've got gorgeous meat dishes in in northern Portugal. Pork is a specialty, and they have just... You know, the most fattening things you'll ever find, so enjoy every minute of it. Indeed, yeah, and go for a big run when you get back.
1: Right, uh, there were a few uh, winners, competition winners, uh, uh, to uh, announce now. The winner of the stay at the Savoy Hotel in Limerick, uh, that's a listener, Bernie Scully in County Donegal, Uh, she's our our winner of that. Uh, The winner uh, of the Leopardstown tickets, uh, that's for one listener and three of their friends, we're going to give that to Tom. Uh, That's Tom who used to play brewing up a storm on his old guitar at house parties And that's how we got to meet his wife Uh, again. That's uh, in in a way courtesy of the stunning Um, We uh, also have uh, afternoon uh, afternoon uh, tea to give away uh, for uh, people in the audience We're going to give one of those uh, to Ruth who was married here in the castle 40 years ago. Congratulations to (laughs) you, Ruth and We're also giving uh, the other afternoon tea to uh, Sue who's here with her little sister and uh, she's, uh, she's going to kind of keep going to the real birthday uh, a little while uh, after that. Plus, we also have an overnight stay uh, to give away here in Clontarf Castle. Now, now, we're get, now, loads of people sent in guesses. And they were all real guesses as to who Steve Wall is playing uh, in a movie. Uh, the actual answer is Chet Baker, who was a very famous uh, jazz trumpeteer. Um, and actually, Steve, we must have you back on to talk about that, because it must have been uh, fascinating to do. Loads of people knew it. But the prize goes to this person, just for being inventive, because it's somebody here in the audience. Uh, It's Chet Baker. I just heard Steve Wall say it in the Jacks. Probably be the (laughs) highlight of the weekend if I win. (laughs) So uh, there's no name attached to it, but uh, they're a deserving winner. Anyway, time for uh, some good things to do this
2: uh, weekend. Here's Claire. Hello. Uh, so you've heard from the Stunning, you'll hear from them again in just a few moments, and Jack O'Rourke. They're both performing this September at the Tip Classical Festival on Friday the 20th and Saturday the 21st of September at Semple Stadium in Thirdis, along with many others, including our own Tom Dunn and Something Happens. For the full lineup and ticket information, go to tipclassical.com and tomorrow in Cork, it's Cork Detective Day, so Clued Up is the exciting detective game that is basically a giant outdoor version of Cluedo, and it's happening right across the city all day tomorrow Um, it's called Sneaky Finders and it's set in the fictitious town of Millingham, Uh, so you and your detective buddies are tasked with cracking the case and stalking the streets to track down uh, virtual witnesses and eliminating suspects so it's on at 10am to 1pm tomorrow that's the starting time, you have to finish by 5pm, loads of prizes to be won go to Clued Up, that's CU C-L-U-E-D-U-P-P dot com for all the details. Uh,
1: good stuff, thanks very much Claire, thanks of course uh, to Esther and Jean, uh, always a pleasure to have the two of you on. Uh, lots of thank yous uh, to Jonathan, Stephanie, Marianne and all of the Clontarf Castle Hotel for their help to Lidl uh, for supplying all the wines our production team today, Sheafer O'Donovan Mark Ryan, Rona Dowley, Neve Hassel Claire Collins, Anne-Marie Kane, Paul Buckland, Byron Callaghan and Michael Quilligan uh, back at Bath. Ivan is on next uh, up at News Talk. thanks to our lovely audience for coming along at uh, today. Have a lovely weekend. Talk to you on Monday.
0: yours, you were mine We shone in the light of the day No puzzle, no game Straight talking as they say Nothing could stand in our way two, two people in a trance are. Fighters in a dance They respect each other's tears A fighter's pride is built on fear I am amazed I let it slide. away I, I am crazed It's running through my veins Everything that rises to fall Somewhere I read The truth is better left unsaid Avoid all the hurt and the pain companion you'd better watch your step when I take you out to play there drink from this golden cup the days are long enough hoist up the scarlet sail I jumped to shore as we moved away I am amazed My everything that rises has to fall. other's tears a fighter